Hello and welcome to Mavs Plains, where we break down a question, event, trend, or piece of news every single day. My name is Bobby Corella from Mavs Digital. Joining me today is Mike Frailer. You might know him as Forgotten Mavs on Twitter or on IG, or if you listen to Mavs Archives on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Today, we're going to talk about it's a long, long span of history going back all the way to the 1980s, to the very beginning of the Mavs franchise. We're going to be talking about the most popular Mavericks, the, maybe the best Mavericks, Mavericks who have made it to the NBA All-Star Game. Of course, this season, Luka Doncic became the third Maverick ever to start an All-Star Game, only the second Maverick ever to start the game based on fan voting. Believe it or not, Dirk, despite being on 14 All-Star teams, was never voted as a starter. The only other Mav to be named a starter, the All-Star team, on account of fan popularity, the fan vote is Jason Kidd, who did so in the 90s. So we'll lead off with... uh, with J Kid here, obviously everybody remembers what Luca did this year in the All Star Game, but I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, uh, might not have ever seen J Kid. Whenever J Kid was at his peak, this is like mid '90s basketball. I'm kind of dating myself here, Mike. I'm only 28 years old, soon to be 29. So when J Kid was doing his thing in the '90s, I was just a little child. So what can you tell me? What can you tell some of our younger listeners uh, about J Kid on the game's biggest stage? back whenever he was kind of the 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 next the, the new kid on the block. Absolutely. So, I'm not much older than you. I'm 33, but J- this year 95-96 was like the year that I became basketball conscious and really started to follow the Mavs and Jason Kidd along with Penny Hardaway were my, was one of my two favorite players at the time. So, anytime I got to watch the Mavs, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Jason Kidd play um you know back then uh NBA fans gave him a hard time they called him Asin because he had no J because he could not shoot but he he was yeah yeah um he couldn't really shoot at all but that didn't stop him from dominating the games obviously the Mavs weren't a good team at the time but individually Jason Kidd was awesome um, I'm looking at his stats here just to kind of refresh my memory. He averaged about 17 a game, almost 10 assists a game, and um, almost seven rebounds a game. So as a point guard, um, he played 81 games that year. He was really, really popular. You know, Jordan was back, but there was like this new wave of talent that people were taking notice of. Jason Kidd was one of them. Penny Hardaway was one. Grant Hill was another. Um, and there was just this – young wave of like perimeter players that were a lot of fun to watch. And he absolutely fell into that category Um, along with Jamal Mashburn and Jimmy Jackson, you know, the three J's like they were all young and exciting. They all had their strengths, but kid could do it all. Um, You know, he could break you down and get to the basket. Occasionally he would get hot and make some threes, but it was wildly inconsistent. Um, You really couldn't count on him to shoot very much, but that, didn't mean he couldn't dominate a game. And so he was a blast to watch. So um, it wasn't really a surprise that he was voted in as a starter, especially in the West. Cause you know, Jordan was in the East and he was back and Grant Hill was in the East and Penny was in the East, but you know, kid was one of the up and coming and just one of the legit stars in the West at that time. So of course he goes on to uh, start the all-star game before long, he'd be traded to Phoenix 
uh, and then obviously sent off to New Jersey later in his career before rejoining the Mavs. And actually mm-hmm. his final All-Star game was in 2010, the game that was played over at uh, what was then? I th- it was was it AT and T Stadium back then too, or was it just Cowboy it might have just Stadium? been Cowboy Stadium? And that that's yeah, that's kind of an interesting footnote that um, kids only two All Star games as a Mav are fourteen years apart. <laughs> yeah, which is and there was a lot of basketball played between then too. Yeah, and obviously he made several other All Star games, but it's just it's funny like when you look at Mavs history and it says like Jason Kidd ninety six in two thousand and ten, but um, and he was a, a like a replacement player pro- at that time uh, at 2010, not 96. 96, he you know, obviously was a starter, but uh, hmm. yeah. So yeah, he was he was a last minute addition to that team, and Dirk was a last minute starter. I think Kid replaced, I, I believe Jason Kid replaced the player who got hurt that led to Dirk starting in 2010. I think it was like okay. a. Both Mavs profited immensely from that injury, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, and it, and it was cool that it that it was here. So that that was a, a a cool way to end it. I unfortunately I did not get to watch the 2010 game, or I think it was um, on it. I was in New Orleans for Mardi Gras at the time, but I remember it being on in the background somewhere. But I, I didn't get to watch it. I don't really remember much of it. But <laughs> oh wow, um, I actually got to go to that game. That's the one of two All Star games that I've been to. The other being at Madison Square Garden. And now I will say that those two are probably, if you're a, a kind of a, like a modern Mavs fan or whatever, or younger Mavs fan, those are two of the best All-Star games to have been to because not only 2010, it's played in Dallas or in Arlington, whatever, um, during one of the snowpocalypses of that uh, period of time. But also that was Dirk's, probably his best All-Star performance. He had 22 points in that game. And uh, it came down to a last-second shot that West head coach, George Carl gave to Carmelo Anthony, of course, who played for George Carl. If he had given the shot to Dirk, and if Dirk hit it, he probably would have been named MVP at home, which would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Madison Square Garden, that was the game where Steph Curry threw the alley-oop lob to Dirk, who <laughs> threw it down, and they did the Vince Carter celebration. Those, so those are two kind of shining moments in Dirk All-Star career, but really, th- there there weren't many others, honestly. I mean, it's, no. it's crazy to think he was on 14 teams, um, 13 that he was, you know, named by the coaches or, or whoever. And then one, um, you know, in his last season, he was on uh, team Giannis and actually had a, a pretty good game, hit those three threes. But in those 14 career all-star games, he only scored 122 points. That's fewer than Paul George has scored in his all-star career. Paul George has been on six teams. So, uh, Dirk was never really much of a, an all-star game guy, was he? No, he really wasn't. And I think I've even heard him say that himself. You know, he just said, you know, it doesn't really suit his game all that well. Um, but it was still cool seeing him out there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I remember just some – I remember his first All-Star, All-Star game, obviously, in 2002. I remember he and Nash I, – I think Nelson may have been the – uh, Don Nelson may have been the coach um of 2002 and he subbed in Dirk and Nash together in the so they both went into their first all-star game at the same time so that was pretty cool when that happened and I remember Dirk making some jump shots in that game um but yeah he he wasn't really suited well for the all-star game you know because he even though he was and you see this a lot on like NBA Twitter when people post like young Dirk highlights like he was an incredible athlete but just the all-star game wasn't really his his thing um, but he, you know, he did have his moments. I do remember a few dunks, obviously the one in 15 was pretty cool. He had one in the 2003 all-star game that you see sometimes. And, 
and, and highlights, but um, I don't really have many specific Dirk all-star game memories. Um, you know, he did win the three point contest in 2006. So that, that was pretty cool. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, I would say honestly, like outside of the alley-oop, which frankly, I, I think to me that like takes the cake is probably yeah, his most awesome. memorable all-star moment. But outside of that, it really might be uh, last season, the 2019 all-star game, whenever he comes in off the bench, I, he hit three threes in a row, I want to mm-hmm. say, before sitting down, calling it a night. I mean, that was probably that was probably it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know he had that good – even though I wasn't really able to watch it, he did have that good stretch in the, in the 2010 game. But, yeah, I can't, I can't really think of – anything else that that he did memorable in in terms of the the all-star game um but yeah i mean i've heard him say on on multiple multiple interviews that you know he just he enjoyed going and like appreciated the honor but i think he 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 always knew that you know he maybe just especially like the way the games were played especially like later in his career when he was still making all-star games and like there was no really no effort being displayed at all it just it wasn't it was for guys that could do more flashy stuff, and that just wasn't really his style. Well, and also, let's be real, just the guys who can get up and down the floor. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> Which, not yeah. much of his forte, really, it is it is later years. Yeah. Um, so throughout Dirk's career, there were other guys that made the All-Star team. You mentioned Steve Nash, Josh Howard went to one. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Michael Finley got to one. They never went together, um, but Finley went to two All-Star games. Okay, so that was before that was what two thousand one, I think. Two thousand and two thousand and one. And some things I remember about that is, uh, you know, Finley was like the guy at that time for the Mavs, and he went to the and he went to those All Star games and put up. I was looking at the box scores; he had double figures in both times he went in scoring, so that was pretty cool. But in um, in two thousand and three. Dirk and Nash went to the game in Atlanta. And I want to say that was the year that Mark Cuban bought like a billboard ad. It said, where's Finn and had a picture of Finn Duncan on it. Um, (laughs) So that was pretty cool. And then something I just noticed um, not too long ago when I was looking at some old Dirk stuff, um, there's a photo of Dirk and Nash at the two, like one of the, like, I guess like media day or whatever it's called for the all-star game. And they're standing there together and on their sneakers, it says, Finn for like they wrote like they did a little tribute to Finley because they they really thought he deserved to be at that game so I thought that was pretty cool too yeah that was that was 2003 right I mean they were they were running away with the best record in the NBA that season so it did make sense and I remember that was the big push like this is the big three it's 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 filthy nasty and dirty Mm -hmm. this is kind of what we're all about they should have all gotten together gotten to go together at least once arguably twice but if they had gone once that would have been pretty cool but it just it didn't happen that way yeah, didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, like we said, you know, there were other guys that made it throughout Dirk's career, but really kind of bearing the lead. Uh, so recently on Mavs Twitter, there was a poll uh, to vote for, like, the all-time starting five. And ironically enough, Jason Terry won the vote among shooting guards, even though he wasn't, you know, he's known for coming off the bench, right? So if you're going to be your all-time sixth man. But, no, he, he won the, the two-guard vote over Michael Finley. And then another guy, Rolando Blackman, who until someone named Dirk came along was the Mavs all-time points leader. And, uh, you know, he played basically his entire career in the eighties. Uh, by the time the nineties rolled around, he, you know, eventually moved on to the Knicks. Uh, his number is retired Mm -hmm. in American Airlines center. So every Mavs fan should know the name 
But there are a lot of them that might not have seen him play, but he is associated with probably the one of the most iconic plays in All-Star Game history, period. Uh, certainly the most iconic All-Star moment among any Mavs player, but this is the 1987 NBA All-Star Game. So uh, that night, obviously, he was representing the Western Conference, um, and he only played 22 minutes, but in those 22 minutes, he got busy, scored 29 points, which is the most <laughs> ever by any Mav in the All-Star Game, shot 9 of 15 from the floor. Oh, I did uh, not know and, that. that and, yeah, that, that makes sense because, you know, Dirk never really had big all-star game scoring besides maybe that one. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, too, I mean, generally your scoring leaders are going to be starters, but there haven't been many starters from the Mavs. That, but oh, that night, yeah. Roe was cooking, and he just got hot, and the West kept feeding him. And that this leads to the most – probably the most famous moment of his career, I mean, at least as I see it. So with three seconds left, the West is down two points. It's uh, 140 to 138, the East leads. And the West is inbounding the ball. It's Walter Davis inbounds it for the West. And they're trying to get it. It looked like to Magic, maybe. Uh, Kareem was on the bench for the West. It, you know, that you needed – you had three seconds to get a shot off. So you, you want your guards in the game. So they're trying to get it into Magic, and Magic is denied, I'm sure, by Michael Jordan. And so Rowe is kind of your last-ditch outlet. So he catches the inbounds pass. Turns, pivots to his left, drives left against Larry Bird, and gets past Bird, goes up for the shot, and just gets clocked by Isaiah Thomas, who flies in from out of nowhere and just fouls the absolute crap out of him with no time left on the clock. So there's all zeros on the clock. It's a two-point game. Rogue goes to the line shooting two, and nobody from either team is standing at the lane for these shots. So Mm -hmm. this is... This is zeros on the clock. If you miss either of these free throws, the game is over. I mean, we, we think back to what made this year's All-Star game so fun or so entertaining or whatever down the stretch is that, you know, next bucket wins. Next next miss could lose you the game. Rose in a situation where if you miss this game on national – if you miss this free throw on national TV, then, like, everyone is going to know who it is because there's no other players around you. Like, the pressure is on. And he takes the first one and uh, kind of barely – barely went in it rattled in hit the rim like two or three times bounced off the backboard and falls in and everyone's like oh my god magic goes up and gives him some dabs like come on you got this you got this and then he lines up to take the second one and he lets it go and it is the prettiest free throw you'll ever see it is nothing but net beautiful rotation on the ball and then you see him from the wide angle he's yelling something at the at the at the rim he's just staring at the basket and just screaming and it's not until the camera cuts to replay where you see it from straight on. And as soon as he releases the ball, in fact, maybe as he's releasing the ball, he yells, confidence, baby, confidence, just screams it at the top of his lungs as the ball goes through the hoop. And it is just, it is the coolest moment that you'll ever see, dude. Watching it now, even knowing how it ended, right? Mm-hmm. It still gives me goosebumps. I'm, I'm so nervous for the guy <laughs> wanting him to make these free throws. And I'm, I'm so jacked whenever it goes in and, when you see him screaming and the West guys celebrating and wrapping their arms around him and everything. I mean, because at the time, the Mavs had made the playoffs a couple of years, but they were still just kind of like, whatever, this young team that hadn't really done anything. All of a sudden, Roe comes along and saves the game for the West, who goes on to win in overtime. And uh, it was just, it was an awesome, awesome moment. Yeah, it, it really was. And, you know, 
obviously I was only like one whenever that happened, but going back and, and seeing it now and looking at it earlier today, it, it, it was a, a really cool moment. And it's something I wish I could have seen happen live and everything, but you can still appreciate it and appreciate the situation and what it must've meant to, to Mavs fans and, and to Rolando himself, you know, that was just such a, such a cool, a cool moment. And um, I don't think it gets, as much appreciation as it probably should. Um, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't any less awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, I think you, you're right on there. I mean, I, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, right around the turn of the millennium, basically, when the Mavs were, like, starting to kind of be okay again, it, it kind of came back into the fold for a little bit. I think it might there might have been, like, some ad campaign around it or, like, they, they played it at the at reunion to, to hype the crowd up or something. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember, like, being aware of it when I was a kid. But, yeah, I mean, it never gets talked about. But in fairness, we talk about all of Dirk's great moments and, you know, Jason Terry doing the jet wings and stuff. There's mm-hmm. been plenty of other awesome displays of confidence by Mavs players over the years. But... Dude, I mean, like, that is still if, – if you've never seen the clip, seriously, stop what you're doing and go watch it because it is, like – it is goosebump-inducing, and I've seen it 50 times. I mean, <laughs> it is it is just an incredible clip, and Dick Stockton is great on the call, and it's just really cool to see in the middle of this game featuring, like, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Kareem is out there. It's freaking Roe that go that decides this thing. It's just I don't know. It's just awesome to think about. It really is, um, and I I don't know if if you're a fan of um, no dunks. You know the guys that were the starters and the basketball Jones, and now they're yeah, yeah, yeah. no dunks on athletics um, on the athletic. Lee Ellis, uh, who I'm a big fan of since since the basketball Jones days, but when growing up, he um, I recorded a podcast episode with him a couple of years ago. And, you know, he was telling me and I've heard him tell this story before on other platforms uh, growing up in Australia. It was like this moment in the, the 87 All-Star game. He got a, a, a hold of a, a cassette tape that that had the game on it. In, in, and he and he watched it and just fell in love with the NBA and um, and really became a, a Orlando Blackman fan. So, you know, that that's pretty cool that that moment, like touch someone on the other side of the world and now that guy is like made the his passion for the nba his career so um it was really neat hearing his connection to the story um to that story and to that moment in time so yeah it, it really is a, a special moment and i agree with you if if you're listening to this and haven't seen it just go watch it because even if you know the ending that doesn't make it any less awesome like it's still really really cool to see yeah it's just it's so fiery and i mean such little footage survives on from yeah you know that that period of time i mean you can find a video of moody madness which i'm sure we'll talk about on the show at some point in the in the near future but there's just not much from the 80s mavs that that's still around at all in any way shape or form and so that that video and that moment is kind of one of the lasting um pieces of Mavs history that still lives on today that, that we can all kind of take in. And so, you know, it, seeing the, seeing the results in that Twitter poll that we did kind of opened my eyes to like, I thought that row winning was a layup. Uh, but clearly, I mean, and this is only performed on Twitter. It's not like, you know, everybody in the world voted on this thing or anything, but you know, there's an entire generation of Mavs fans that just might not even know who row is outside of a guy. He still works for the team and, you know, sometimes goes on TV and, 
um, you know, go, gives a lot of like speeches and makes appearances and stuff. So there are a lot of people whose lives he's touched since his playing days ended. But whenever he was in his prime doing his thing as, you know, one of the 12 best players in the Western Conference, there's a lot of people, an entire generation of Mavs fans that have no familiarity with him at all. So I, I think it's kind of cool in a way that this moment is like, this might be someone's introduction to him as a player. And that is so great because it is the perfect encapsulation of him as a player, that ferocious competitor, intensity, just courage. I mean, in, in the face of pressure, it's just, it is awesome that uh, someone might be introduced to Roe Blackman through this clip in that moment. Oh yeah. Um, I completely agree. Um, and yeah, you know, there, that is probably what, if people wanted to just find like, I mean, that's his moment, you know? So um, I know he had a, he had a big steal and dunk in the moody madness game, but like, and obviously I'm not of the age to fully appreciate his, his greatness and his, his map stint. But, you know, I, I would think that if someone were to ask you for like, you know, the Rolando Blackman moment, it would be the 87 all-star game. And then maybe that steal in, in the moody madness game. But uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a pretty special moment and one that I think Mavs fans should all familiarize themselves with. And I think it would just give you a greater sense of appreciation for, for him. And then if you just do a little research on him, you know, when, when he came here, the Mavs were maybe in their second year of existence and six years later, they were in the Western conference finals. It's because of him. I mean, obviously Derek Harper was a huge part of that. Mark Aguirre too, but you know, he was the the face of the franchise. So um, before Dirk, before, before Finley, um, you know, it, it was Roe. So I think, I think every Mavs fan should, should definitely do their research and just, uh, and just familiarize yourself with him because he, he's an important part of Mavericks history, no doubt. Yeah. And guys he played with, Mark Aguirre and James Donaldson, uh, namely, also made all-star teams throughout the 80s. I believe Derek Harper might have gotten there as well. I, I don't think he did. Um, You're right, yeah, because yeah. he's on that list of, like, who's the best players to never make an all-star yeah, team. Yeah, and, and I think Jets on that should be, is arguably, like, definitely on that list. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Derek didn't. Um, there's one guy you forgot, Chris Gatling. <laughs> we'll say, Chris yeah. Gatling, yeah. 1997. Yeah, right? he, he made the was not even starting for the Mavs and made the All-Star game as a Mav and then yeah. was traded less than a week later. Just an incredible <laughs> turn of events. <laughs> well, and of course, too, um, Jason Kidd, I believe he was on the 2008 All-Star team, and that was at the time whenever the All-Star game was before the trade deadline. And I think he like cleaned out his Nets locker before that game or something. Yeah. And went to the All-Star game as a member of the Eastern Conference, but was then promptly traded to the Mavericks like the day after or something. So there's this weird, like, he kind of played for both teams at the All-Star game. He was like, I don't know, it was this weird in-between phase for him. Yeah, I, I need to find the footage of it because um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There, He was traded to Dallas and maybe it hadn't been approved yet, but there was that whole thing where Stackhouse was going to be part of the deal. And, but then they let it slip that, you know, the Nets were going to release him and he gets come back and sign with the Mavs like 30 days later. And then the NBA like nixed the deal. Cause that was going to happen. And then they were going to include Devin George in it, but he exercise, he exercises bird rights or something like that, or maybe not his bird rights, something like to where he his early bird. Rights, early, yeah. Early, okay. Yeah. So he basically got to veto the trade himself. 
So there was this, okay, the deal is in place, but we can't do it yet. So Kidd knew he was going to come to Dallas, but just it was only a matter of time. Anyway, during the 2008 All-Star game, they interviewed him either pregame or halftime or something, and they kind of brought it up, and they said, where do you think you'll be, like, in the next week? And he said, oh, I'll be in Dallas. <laughs> Hey, yeah, so it was just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit dramatic, maybe. Yeah, from JK. <laughs> yeah, dramatic. So I, I remember him saying, like, oh, yeah, I'll be in Dallas. So then, um, I think to make it work, they brought Keith Van Horn's contract into the mix, cut Nick Fazekas, and then they brought Jason Kidd back. <laughs> yeah, one of the weirder trade, uh, I guess, developments in NBA history because I think Keith Van Horn was retired. He was, yeah, he like, was like pseudo retired, he, he made like four million dollars just by like agreeing to be part of this thing. And then he never even reported to the Nets. And I'm pretty sure like (laughs) whatever loophole the Mavs discovered has been like since like taken away. Like no one can do that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Just an an incredible, incredible turn of events. Um, Of course, Luca having just been to his first all-star game this season, uh, I suspect KP will make his way there one point here in the future so there will be surely plenty of future all-star games to come for both of those guys feels like Luca is the kind of guy who once he once he sort of you could tell in 2020 he was kind of like sort of feeling it out you know mm-hmm. I think he was just happy to be there looking around like hey LeBron is on my team that's pretty rad I, I think at some point here he's gonna kind of maybe take control of one of those all-star games and it, it feels like he's the kind of guy who could take home an MVP of that game at some point if he really like locks in and and uh you know gets down to business oh yeah no I I definitely agree with that I did have um one bit of Mavs all-star game trivia for you that I uh, okay so I yeah this is kind of so it's actually not necessarily Mavs all-star game trivia but it's very closely related to that so Dirk played with 30 players that made an all-star game at one point in their career. How many do you think you could name? And they, they, they didn't have so to be Mavs. Guys that, but like, so they weren't Mavs at the time, but just players that he played with? That made an all-star game. Some of them, Mavs, you know, like Finn, like guys we talked about, Kid, Finley. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this okay. quickly. Uh, Nash. Yeah. Finley. Jason Kidd, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, Luca. Does Porzingis count? He wasn't on this list, but I guess he could because I mean I guess they were teammates last year, but they were kind of teammates, yeah. Sort yeah. Of. Uh, okay. Uh, oh man, there's so many like borderline guys. Like Drew Gooden might have been an All Star. No, he's not on uh, this list. But yeah, he was pretty he good. But okay. yeah, he wasn't on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, man, Karan Butler was he ever an All Star? He was. Yeah. Okay, Karan Butler. Uh, of course, Josh Howard. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm oh man, uh, Nick Van Exel. Mm-hmm. Uh, did Sean Bradley make an All Star team? He did not. Oh, what a that's robbery! That's robbery. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm around like ten. Oh uh, man, this is this is really tough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's there's some very obvious ones that I'm forgetting here because there were like oh Tim Hardaway. There were like yeah. so many veterans like that that came through the Mavs. Um, you know, in, in those early to mid 2000s years oh, that yeah. were great. Uh, like. I'm not sure if Howard Isley ever made an all-star team. No, he, he was didn't. really good. 
who was like the most obvious guy that I'm missing? Um, you're missing a couple of Antoines. Oh, Antoine Walker and Antoine Jameson. Yep. Of uh, course. Um, let's see. You're missing a guy who did not do very well after he got traded here and didn't last here very long. Oh, Rajon Rondo? Yeah. And Lamar Odom. Well, did Lamar Odom ever make an all-star He did not. He didn't? Okay. Um, Rondo, of course, the trade that yeah. may or may not have ever happened. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I, I can name him for you if you want, or if you want to keep going, that's fine, too. No, 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 Mr. yeah, yeah, just, just take it away, take okay, it away. Okay, so we got A.C. Green, Cedric Sabalos, Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen, <laughs> awesome. Christian Leitner. David Lee, DeAndre Jordan, mm, of De- Dennis Rodman, Darren Williams, Devin Harris, Eddie Jones, Elton Brand. This is one you'll probably forget. Jamal McGlure. He did make an all-star Oh, game. wow. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. I knew it was like one of those guys um, on those late thousands teams. Jameer Nelson, Jerry Stackhouse, Jawan Howard. Peja, oh yeah, Sean Marion, Tyson Chandler, and Vince Carter. Oh, Vince, duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made like he made a million All Star teams. Then, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, so it's just kind of. I mean, the ones that make me laugh are like the. the I, you forget that Christian Leitner one made an All Star game and two was a Mav for like four months. Um, but yeah, so I just thought that'd be fun um, to. That's a, that's a lot of players, actually. Yeah. Now, to be fair, many of them were Mavs for like one season. Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like parts like, of one season in Rondo's or even days, less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but kind kind of cool that and, he and maybe with, definitely you know definitely not their primes. Yeah, that he played with so many guys that you know at one point were either like a like you know how are they an all star or like legitimate all stars, but like you forget that Jamal McGlure and Chris Kamen and uh, Jameer Nelson. I think he was Nelson may have actually been hurt. So didn't even get to play in the All Star game, but he was named one. Mm-hmm. Well, and like even Tyson Chandler, yeah, you know him as a as a great player, but I I totally forgot that he made an All Star team. I think the kind of the most interesting, like wow, Dirk is sort of kind of old uh, moment was, yeah, he played with AC Green, who was <laughs> yeah. on the Lakers in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that that's kind of he played with AC and Luca. That's sort of the the beginning and the end. It's it's crazy to think about. He he really did kind of he was the bridge between multiple eras. And Tim Hardaway Sr. and Jr. He played with both of them. Yeah. Yeah, he was around whenever Tim's son was traded to the Mavs. Yeah. So Man. kind of a cool that he he uh crossed paths with so many guys that did make an all star game at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Well and there will be many more to come too, of course. Like like we said with Luca, with K P and uh, maybe with other Mavs on the roster right now, and maybe with guys out there who one day, uh, maybe they were in the All-Star game this year and they might be on the Mavs here in the future. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, there will be plenty, plenty of All-Star memories to come, if nothing else, just from this Luka guy, because he seems like he'll be there a lot. <laughs> um, Mike, thank you very much. Yeah, of course. And uh, this is Mavs Blaine. Until tomorrow, we will see you.